We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD, if you want to follow me on Twitter. And it's Tuesday, August 2nd, and I'm back. Back took a, took a Friday, took Monday off, back from Nashville, and uh, get back on, the, on the, the Major League Baseball trading deadline, which we have a 14-game slate, and the trading deadline, who knows, uh, d- d- don't make your lineups too early. Right, I, I think I think it's going to be a, a cluster. I think it's going to be a cluster f tonight. Uh, I mean, not not fully. It's not going to be one of those types of things where. I mean, I guess can it be? I don't know when the actual deadline is, but it could be when someone's in the starting lineup and then they just scratch. They could be scratched. Um, they're scratched. Maybe they're traded. Something like that. Uh, they go to a different clubhouse. Sometimes they're traded to the same team that they're playing. I think that happened yesterday with what Vasquez on the Astros. I think that happened yesterday. But uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit of chaos tonight. So uh, we may not get lineups in as early as we normally do. Uh, but it's a 14 game slate. Grinders live. They'll go over. They'll go over the whole thing with you later today. So click on that 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 hit that hit that notification bell. You'll know you'll know when it goes live. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Give me the give me those tummy thumbs first thing in the door. But they'll take care of you for the the 14 game. MLB slate today, especially today. I mean, I don't even want to bother even even looking at it until until later. Anyway, I'm not even sure if I'm going to play it. Right? I I I don't want to have to do any type of late swaps. I don't want to have to deal with it. It's I'm already getting sick of baseball as it is. So uh, so so good luck with that tonight. Uh, 
programming note tomorrow. Tomorrow there's still a show. It's just that it's going to be uh, Grinders Live for the for the for the early slate. I, there's a whole bunch of uh, early games. Noon, one. You know, there's a there's, there should be like a, maybe like an eight game, nine game slate early tomorrow. So it'll be me and Dean for a Grinders Live tomorrow. So no pregame show, but you'll still see a thumbnail for Grinders Live and Crunch Time following that. But uh, because uh, because baseball is going to be uh, all uh, chaotic today. Uh, there is one thing that is back on Saturday. Well, on Friday, technically. If you want to play a showdown slate on Friday, it's back also. And that's the English Premier League. It's soccer, right? I've sh- I've shown you stuff with MMA, right? And people are like, oh, okay, I can play some MMA. So I wanted to give a little primer, a little little overview on on how to play uh, a soccer DFS. So because I, I I mean, that's, that's my main sport. That's what I started with, right? I started in 2015. I just played soccer DFS. And uh, I don't play as much anymore. I play the Premier League and I play the Champions League, which are the probably the two biggest DFS uh, available uh, uh, soccer leagues. Well, the Premier League is in England and Champions League with, is with all the top club teams. And the Champions League plays uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays afternoons. So that that that's convenient for you, right? To typically, you know, that well now they have two games and then a six game slate, but whatever. It's two ga- Tuesdays and Wednesdays, not every Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, and then the Premier League uh, typically plays uh, the the big slate is uh, Saturday, Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, but they'll typically have two or three games on Sundays. They'll have a solo game on Fridays. Occasionally they'll have midweek slates. Occasionally it'll be a Wednesday afternoon with five games. Right? They they try to fit in a lot of games in. So uh, so if you want to wake up uh, early Saturday morning like I do and play the English Premier League. Uh, I, I want to give you just a little primer. We have projections. You sign up to Roto Grinders. You can sign up to the Roto Grinders Combo Premium. Right? Combo, combo. You get everything. Right? You, you're gonna you're gonna get the, the baseball. You're gonna get the football. And we'll have pre, I think we'll have projections for the Hall of Fame game coming up. What? The showdown coming up soon. Right? We'll have preseason stuff. We have preseason NBA. Right? We'll have NBA stuff. We'll have NFL stuff. We'll have everything. So get the Combo Premium package. Hit that, hit that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. But you'll also get soccer DFS projections for, for EPL and UCL, right? So Premier League and Champions League. Now, a lot of people, uh, we do have a, uh, a soccer discord. A lot of people use soccer projections wrong, okay? Because uh, soccer players are not like basketball players, and they're not even like baseball players even. The standard deviations of the players are dramatically different from one another. So these median numbers, these mean numbers, could be very deceptive if you don't understand the type of player they're attached to, okay? So in soccer, in soccer DFS, you you score points pretty much in two major ways. One, scoring goals, okay? Goals and assists. Those are the biggest amount of points. So you get 10 points for a goal. Five, six points for an assist. And of course the goal, the shot on the goal and the shot on goal, part of the goal. So you get 12 points on DraftKings. So you get points for shots. You get points for crosses. You get points for tackles won. You get points for fouls drawn. Those are, those are what we call peripheral stats. Okay. So those can accumulate over the course of a 90 minute game, but goals and assists are the ones that those are the those are the things that are the ceiling that's similar to touchdowns in football or home runs in baseball. And in soccer, let's just say soccer isn't the most uh, high-scoring sport, okay? So a lot of these games, I mean, we, we could have a four-game slate, and one game is one nothing, another game is 2-1, another game is 1-1, one one, another game is 0-0, zero zero, 
right? And that and that's it. And then you have a four-game slate and a grand total of seven goals get scored or something. So it's not like it's not even like hockey where you could have six to four games. You, you typically don't see that in soccer. You don't see it often at all. So uh the the players that are more likely to score goals, obviously their medians will be higher, but their range of outcomes is going to be like like binomial in in, 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 in uh, you know bimodal to some to some extent, right? So we see here if you go through like our projections, you go like let's sort by the highest projection. So like Harry Kane, here's a perfect example. Harry Kane, 11.2, 16.35 median. That's that that includes his goal scoring odds. Okay, so Kane is probably the highest goal scoring odds player on this slate that's coming up on Saturday, which is a four gamer. Tottenham is a big favorite against Southampton. So like, like out of these 16.35 points, like the the mean average of peripherals is like maybe six. And the other 10 represents like the goal scoring odds. Now you could take a look at the odds on like something like FanDuel Sportsbook and see that, uh, you know, the odds of the teams, this will all be factored into the projections to some extent. Uh, soccer is not like other sports where uh, possession isn't guaranteed in soccer. So the larger the team is favored by, the more likely that that team is going to gain uh, a wealth of the possession. And it's hard to score uh, fantasy points uh, without the ball, without without possession of the ball, right? It's hard to, it's hard to take shots. It's hard to make crosses. It's hard to shoot, right? It's hard to it's hard to get fouls drawn or even win tackles because when you win, win a tackle, you get the ball back uh, without having the ball. So like we see here, Tottenham's a minus 280 favorite over Southampton, which is a hefty favorite. We see in the Premier League, you'll see throughout the course of the season, minus 800 favorites. Premier, the Premier League is, is not like uh, American sports. The top teams are really good and the bottom teams would be really bad. A lot of, oh, well, what's the difference between that and like the Warriors versus the Thunder? It's like the Warriors, this is more like uh, the, the Warriors versus the, the best G League team type of thing. Okay, so you may see like Liverpool being a minus 900 favorite over someone, right? Tottenham Tottenham could be, I mean, Tottenham over Southampton minus 280 is fairly hefty. So like in the Tottenham-Southampton game, it's a four-game slate. Like most likely, like Tottenham players are going to have the ball a lot. Southampton players are not going to have the ball a lot. They're heavily, they're, they're a heavy dog. So the likelihood of Southampton players putting up a lot of peripheral points is low. Okay, so take that into account. You look at the odds. All the other games are a little bit closer, right? We have Newcastle. Newcastle minus one fifty-five. So they're they're a home favorite, but they're not like a large favorite. They're a you know sixty percent, sixty-one percent favorite. So, but they're more likely to have a little bit more possession, right? Typically, the home side that's favored is going to have more possession. So possession equals points. Okay, so to, to always take that into account. So when you see like, oh, this team is favored a lot by that team. Like you may want to load up on a whole bunch, three or four of those players. Okay. And then uh, because soccer is a lower scoring sport, uh, the effect of correlation in soccer is lower than in other sports. So like in baseball, correlation is high. Even, even in football, I think maybe it's closer to football because like, okay, we're going to say like, okay, Tottenham in this is coming slate. Oh, they're heavily favored. I want to stack Tottenham. Right. And they'd use the term stack and like meaning that I'm going to take six players from their team. I'm going to take the goalkeeper that I'm going to take as many people as possible because you have to roster at least three teams on your on your on your on your roster. So there's eight slots. 
So you could the max is six from one team. So you'd go through and you go, okay, let me go to Tottenham. Okay, let me go to Tottenham. Right. And I'm gonna I'm gonna have I'm gonna take it there. They're expensive, right? I'm gonna take Son and Kane, right? The two that top goal scorer and the, the highest peripheral set piece taker, you know, frontline scorer, son, right? I'm gonna pair that. Oh, I'm gonna sort by point per dollar, right? I'm gonna sort by point per dollar. And I'm gonna take uh Christian Romero, who's just a center back, uh Doherty. Right, I'm going to take the Hugo Lloris in goal, right, because that's correlated, and maybe, uh, maybe, maybe Perisic, right? You, know, you can't even. I mean, you're down to our average remaining player salary is thirteen fifty. You're not even going to be able to find find other players, and but that's what people do. People are like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take. Uh, well, who's even starting here? Rodrigo Benton, or okay, take something like that, right? I'm just going to stack, and then I'm just going to fill two cheap guys or whatever, something like this. Now, in order for this type of lineup to win. Like Tottenham have to score like five goals, okay? Because like on a goal, you know, you get an assist. And, you know, goalkeepers and defenders are correlated to each other because you get a you get a bonus if they keep a clean sheet. So the defenders get an extra three points if the other team doesn't score anything, right? A shutout. And save the goalkeepers. Goalkeepers get points for wins and clean sheets as well as saves. So you'd look at this and you go, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take all I'm gonna take all the Tottenham, all the Tottenham. But like let's say they they're they're dominant and they win two nothing. Well, I mean, how do all these players score hit their ceilings on it in a two nothing game with goals and assists, right? Peripherally, maybe Sun has twenty points. Maybe Kane has a goal with twenty points. Maybe Bentancur has an assist and he ends up with like ten points. Doherty has like with the clean sheet ten. I mean, it's like it's not it's not easy on on them only scoring maybe two or even three goals. For like all these players to to hit a ceiling on a four game slate, there's going to be someone else in some other game that scored a goal that like you have you have five outfield players here, not including the goalkeeper, right? Like, well, how many goals need to be scored? I mean, your your ceiling on on winning a GPP should be goals and assists. So, like, can you see all five players scoring goals or registering assists? Probably not. Now, if it's a six-nothing game, yeah, this lineup would win. But six-nothing games don't happen that often, right? So people think in terms of stacking as like, oh, I need to take everyone from one team. And that's not the case. You should be more inclined to take the key pieces that would be correlated to one another. So like a center back on this team would not be correlated to a forward. Okay. So maybe, maybe you want to spend a lot of money and take Sun and Kane because they could score multiple goals each. So let's say it's three goals and they they both score one and by both get get an assist to the other. It's like, okay, that's this could be a stack. Like this in and of itself could be a stack. Sun and Kane, right? And most likely, if Sun and Kane have ceiling games, most likely the team won, which means the goalkeeper gets their win bonus. And most likely if they had a dominant game and, and they maybe they kept the clean sheet. So maybe you pair a fullback, Matt Doherty, on their team. To Loris. So they both get the clean sheet. And also, since Doherty is a fullback, he's more likely to get assists. He's not going to score a goal, probably, but maybe gets an assist on a Kane goal. And then you go, okay, that's a stack. Like there, there, you're done. You're done. Now you're not you're not jamming in any more players. Like that would be a stack. If you let's say instead of playing Sun, you don't play Sun at all. Like this could be a stack. Kane, Doherty, Loris. You could do that. You could uh, play uh, uh Pierre uh Pierre Mir Hoiberg, uh, the midfielder. For value or something like that and do this like this could be a stack but like taking oh i've got to stack six guys or whatever 
Like games like that don't happen that often. And typically if the team is favored by that much, a lot of the players are going to be very expensive, right? We have an 11 K an 11.9 K son and Kane on this slate for Tottenham. So it's going to be very hard for you to fit. If you're just going to constantly take Tottenham players, we also have Kulajewski. I can never pronounce his name. Right. Right. He's, he's 9,200. Maybe he scores a goal, right? How do you fit all these guys in? It's, it's really hard, but people do it. I see people make that mistake in GPPs. They say, I'm going to take all the expensive players and then leave three spots for like $2,500 guys that get one point. Like you, you ain't, you ain't going to win really that the team that you stack needs to score like eight goals in order for that to happen. So I just, I'm just showing you how you could use the soccer DFS projections that we have here at Roto Grinders to your advantage, knowing the difference between the players. Okay. Cause we're going to go here. Like if I would wanted to play like a double up right, a cash lineup, I go, okay, give, well, what's the optimal lineup? Give me the optimal lineup. Okay. So based on our projections, based on a median projection, the optimal is St. Maximin, Coutinho, like this lineup right here. Yet I don't I don't expect to see anyone with this this lineup in double ups on 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 Saturday at all. Right. I expect people to have Sun in their lineup. I expect I expect probably Sun plus Leon Bailey or something like that. I don't expect maybe Bruno probably not in lineups, but targeted trippier. How do I know this? Because of the styles of players they are, the, and which affects the standard deviation of the player. The highest floor players in soccer DFS are ones that typically play wide, cross a lot, and take set pieces. And when I, what are set pieces? Oh my God, what are set pieces? I never heard that word before. Set pieces are the dead ball plays on a soccer field. Okay, so when a player gets fouled, it's, you know, when everyone lines up, you'll see, you've seen it in games probably, where, okay, there's a foul, it's a dead ball, which means the the team gets a free kick. And a guy who takes the free kick is going to just hit the ball into the, the goal area. And then you have the lines of all the soccer players that are trying to head the ball in or something like that. Okay, that's considered a set piece. A corner kick is a set piece. The ball goes out of the out of the end off of a, a defender, so the offensive team gets a corner kick from the from the corner, and typically that's a cross that gets credited in DFS. So all any time that there's a dead ball situation close to goal, like not, not that far away from goal, but uh, close to goal, typically the player that kicks that ball is going to get at least a cross, if not a shot or a shot assisted or a chance created, which you get a point for on draft teams. So though teams typically have a player that is designated to take that because they're, they're a good free kicker. You know, they, they're, they're good at those types of plays. And it also depends on what foot, what side of the field, whether or not they want an in swinger or an out swinger. So a lot of times, some teams have like one guy that pretty much takes them all, no matter where. And some teams have like, you know, two of them, right? Two guys on the field that when there's a dead ball, they're the ones taking, taking the free kick. Okay, so knowing which ones they are, they they have the extra added floor. So, for instance, like why is Dean and McGinn projected so well, point per dollar, as of now? Uh, because they both take set pieces for for their teams. Dean and Dean number one is a is a fullback that bombs forward and crosses the ball a ton. So even with even if it di- if it didn't take corners and free kicks, he'd still have a very high floor. John McGinn is a midfielder that gets forward, takes a bunch of shots, but he also takes half their set pieces. So he is a high floor. 
Douglas Louise is also is a defensive midfielder, but he also takes free kicks as well. So he's only 4,400, so he rates out decently well. He may not even be in the starting 11, but we'll see. Ryan Christie on Burnmouth. He's a forward play. He's a, he plays as a, a wide forward, a winger, and he takes a lot set pieces on that side for Bournemouth. So that's why his projection is higher. Matt Target is a fullback for Newcastle that takes set pieces. That's why his floor is higher. Do these guys have the best shot at scoring goals? No, right? They have decent shots at assists, but their projection is much more normally distributed, Okay. So someone, someone like John John McGinn or Matt Target, like these types of guys, Kieran Trippier, Matty Cash for some extent, like they're, these are good cash game plays. Not saying that they're bad GPP plays, but just understand that most of their, their median is made up in peripherals and not in the chances of them scoring a goal. Yet, if we go to someone, we go, go, go down the, we go down to Coutinho, for instance. Because you'll see Coutinho at 12.76. Coutinho is probably not going to take any set pieces. He may get a free kick. He does take some direct free kicks when they shoot on goal. But for the most part, he does draw fouls. He does get a decent amount of peripheral points. But I would say half these points are tied up in goals and assists. So Coutinho, compared to these other guys, is not as, as friendly from a floor perspective. His range of outcomes is a bit wider. And then we go down to like guys like Ollie Watkins on Aston Villa, who plays more as a center forward. So like his, oh, he's a median of uh, net 10.84. It's like, yeah, a good seven points of that is in goal and assist equity, right? If he doesn't score a goal or record an assist, he probably only scores four points. As opposed to like these guys over here, Dean and Christie and Target, if they don't score a goal, they could hit these points without scoring a goal or an assist. I mean, these are guys that have games. Matt, Matt Target could score 18 points without a goal or an assist. Remember, goal is worth 10, worth 12 once you count everything together. And assist is worth six. Target could get to get to 18 without either of them. Dean could get Dean could get to 18 without either of them. Right? Which it's great for as a floor. But I mean, that's pretty good as a ceiling as well. Because imagine them getting an assist on top of that. So these guys could end up with 30 points in those cases, but they're less likely to score goals. But how do you find out who's more likely to score goals? Well, I mean, you could go to something like the FanDuel Sportsbook and it's called anytime goal scorer odds. So I could go to like Tottenham, for instance. I could go to their game and here's the goal scorer. And I could just look at the anytime goal scoring odds. Okay, this is Leeds Wolves. So let's hold on. Did I press the right button? Okay, let's see. Let's go to the Tottenham game. Do I go underneath? Is this the time? Okay, here we go. Goal scorer. I go to anytime goal scorer. So there are odds to score a goal anytime throughout the game, not first goal scorer. So we see here, Sun, minus 135. Kane, minus 135. Perisic, plus 170. Kulazewski, plus 175. Right? Some of these guys aren't even going to start, right? They have to put up the odds anyway. So minus 135 is like something like what? 50, 57%, something like that, right? Like one minus one fifty would be sixty percent. So basically, this is saying if you, if you don't consider the vig or whatever because it's a sportsbook line that these both these guys, Son and Kane, have a fifty five ish fifty seven percent chance of scoring one goal. So if you take a look at the the projections for Tottenham, 
That that's right. Like twelve. What's twelve points? Twelve points scored you a goal times 55 percent chance. So six point six. So six point six of this score about is wrapped up in their their chances of scoring a goal. So if they don't score a goal, if you took goals and assists away, Suns. Uh, mean projection would be more like nine would be more like eight right as opposed to lucas dean which we saw before who had a 14 point projection if we go to their game for instance let's go let's go to uh to the aston villa game to show you the difference so remember lucas dean has that 14 point projection one of the highest projected players on the slate and we go to the aston villa game and look at the end of time goal scoring odds i, I don't even know let's see if we could find it Okay, so we go down. We're going to look for Lucas Dean. Lucas Dean. Yeah, plus 1,300 to score. Okay? That's under a 10% chance. But his, but his, but his mean projection is, is 14. Yeah, but it doesn't come through goals because he just bombs forward and crosses the ball a ton. As opposed to on his own team, Ollie Watkins is plus 180. So about what? 40, 42% chance of scoring? Philip Coutinho, plus 190. So close to 40, 41% chance of scoring. So you can see here, if you want, like John McGinn, look, John McGinn, we saw with a good medium projection. He's only plus 310 to score a goal. A lot of his points come through peripherals. So when you look at projections we have here at Roto Grinders, it's very similar to baseball, right? A guy that like Joey Gallo's projection, he never hits. He'll say eight points. Like, good luck. Good luck getting Joey Gallo to get eight points. He's either going to hit a home run, score 14, 16 points, or he's going to strike out and score zero. The middle happens to be eight, but he rarely scores eight points. It's very similar in soccer DFS. So, like, knowing the difference. Center backs, for instance. And I'll go through each, each, like, each of the, I mean, if you just, if you go to something like who scored or sofa score, they'll give you the projected 11s. Right? So guys that are in the back, guys that are defensively-minded players, typically have low floors and low ceilings because they don't they don't have a chance to really score much. I mean, defensive midfielders rarely get forward, and center backs really only, only get forward on set pieces, right? On those corner kicks, the two center backs come forward because they're the tallest guys on the field. And they'll score maybe a couple of goals a year. Out of 38 games, they'll score... One of the center backs will have four goals, and then the other center back will have two goals. So it's not like it happens that often. So like these guys in the back are typically the least valuable players on DraftKings. These fullbacks, the guys that are in the back, but they get forward. They typically provide width. So if we take a look at a, at a team like Aston Villa, for instance. They're playing 4-3-3. So Cash over here and Dean over here typically get very forward, and they cross the ball in. So they'll provide all the width. This guy, Kamara, typically he'll sit back. Consa and Carlos over here will sit back also. And those are the defense, those are the players that provide defensive support. McGinn and Ramsey start getting a little bit forward. Bailey's wide, Coutinho's wide, and Watkins is the closest to goal. So the guys in the center obviously can't cross the ball because they're in the center. The only guys that can cross the ball are wide players because you have to be wide in order to cross. If you're, you can't cross from the center. You're shooting from the center. So that's why on Aston Villa, like we showed on the on the projections, like the best projected players for their price are the fullbacks, 
the and the wide players, right? The wide forward players like Coutinho, Bailey, McGinn, Ramsey, right? These guys in the middle, like Kamara, Kansa, Corlos, typically don't aren't going to project that well, right? They may be cheap though, but they just they don't have very high medians. Then Watkins is the best chance of scoring a goal, but his range of outcomes is extremely wide because he's not going to do much else other than. Be close to goal, not touch the ball often. When he touches the ball, he's going to shoot the ball. And he may only get three or four opportunities the entire game for that. He could score three times. Great. He has 40 points. He could score none and get two. Commit some fouls and get minus points even. So just knowing how the teams are set up. And you get this at who scored. I'm showing you all this so you can use our projections within the proper context. So that's why you look at Tottenham here. And it's like, oh, look, Christian Romero has the highest point per dollar value for the highest favored team with the highest team total. Why aren't I jamming in Christian Romero? Well, Christian Romero is a center back, right? Take a look right over here. He's a center back. He's not getting forward, right? He's not, he's, he'll, get, he'll get two tackles, one. Like this will happen. He'll get two tackles, one, a pass intercepted. And like, and they'll, they'll keep the clean sheet. And he'll get like six points, which is nice for 3,600, six points. But that's what his, I mean, look, look, that's what his median is. Six points is four, four, seven. Because anytime's goal scoring odds is what? Plus a thousand, plus 1,500. He's rarely going to make an assist. He's not passing the ball. He's not passing the ball to a goal scorer. His median projection is high because Tottenham's a very, a big favorite. And he's, and his clean sheet odds are high. So Tottenham may have like a 60% chance of keeping a clean sheet, which equates to three points for Romero. So that's like 1.8 points in this in this score. So out of the 6.47, like a third of his score for the median is in clean sheet equity. So like jamming him in and him getting six points may not be good enough for, for a GPP. Even though it's like, well, he's the best point per dollar. It's like the point per dollar doesn't matter. Like, it, yes, would you take six points from a $3,600 defender? Sure, of course. But there's also defenders on the slate. You have to roster two that could score 15, 20 points. So the opportunity cost of playing a six-point six defender, pretty high. Can he show up with a goal? Yes. Christian Romero probably scores one goal the entire year. Can you find the game that he does it? Maybe he gets an assist. He gets maybe three assists the entire year. 38 games. Can you find that? Sure. Okay. Sure. You get lucky. But even though it says, oh, he's the best point per dollar, it doesn't mean anything. What's the range of outcomes? His, ra- his range is very narrow. His range is probably much more normally distributed. So like Christian Romero scores four to probably somewhere between three and a half and, and eight. Something like that. A lot of the time, like a, 85% of the time. How often does he score 10? Like very little. How often does he score 15? Midget. Like that's when he scores a goal. The one time a year. So you'd look at Tottenham and you go, oh, well, I need to play Romero. He's the best point per dollar play. His range of outcomes is, is very narrow because of the position that he plays because he's a center back. Doherty is 6,500, but he's also a defender also. Why is his meaning so high? Well, he's a, he's a fullback. Fullbacks, the wide guys get forward. And he's he play, he's playing as a wing back, so it's not even he's not even fully back, right? Tottenham play a three four three, so Doherty and Perisic are more 
but more attacking-minded players because they have three central defenders. I mean, that's reflected in the projections. So I don't want to go into the whole fact of like, you need to watch soccer to know what's going on, but you need to know what types of players everyone is, right? Eric Dyer, 3,300 defender. Like, yeah, he's a center back. So some people be like, why don't I just play? Tottenham's a big favorite. I'm just going to play Romero and Dyer. I'm going to go really cheap at, at defender. Pair them with Lloris and then play, you know, Son and Kane or whatever. Like, like, dude, these are both center backs. Like, they're going to score, like, six points. I mean, yeah, for their price, six points ain't bad. But it's like, what's the upside on these guys? That, that you'd roster both of them together. Oh, they get a clean sheet. Oh, okay, so Lloris gets, like, 12 points. Dyer gets five. And Romero gets seven. As other defenders score 15 points. And you'd, unless you score, like, a million goals out of the other spots, that's probably not going to cut it at defender. So don't get deceived by the point per dollar value of the players. The most valuable player on on Tottenham is Son. He's 11.9K, but he takes like all of their set pieces. He's he's the most attacking player. He gets fouled all the time. Like he's he's one of the most valuable players in all of EPL DFS. And he fills a forward spot, right? Because sometimes the forward spot are only goal dependent players. So Son. Sun is more valuable, but his point per dollar value is 1.47. Yeah, but he's he scores double day, he scores 15 points in his sleep. And he could also score a goal and get two assists. He could end up with 47 points on tie as a ceiling. So even though his point per dollar value is bad, it's, he's, he's gonna be popular on Saturday. Then we take a look at like a Newcastle and be like, you know who's gonna be the most popular players on this line? Target and Trippier. They're wingbacks. They both take set pieces. Newcastle is favored over Nottingham Forest, who's a recently promoted team. And you take a look at this and you go like, well, why wouldn't I play Dan Byrne? Because he's a center back. Well, Sean Longstaff, oh, he's a, uh, he's a 7.2 for 3.7K. Yeah, Sean, he's a defensive midfielder. So like his, his upside is limited. He's going to score one goal all year. He'll have maybe two or three assists. Can you play him? Sure, of course, but like you can't just go by point per dollar value. You have to go by raw points as well. I would say that Gumero Bruno and St. Maximin and uh, Callum Wilson, like Callum Wilson sitting down here at, at like, oh, well, he's horrible value. Yeah, but he's also the most likely to score a goal for the Newcastle. So if you get a pair people together, if you get a stack Newcastle, you're probably playing Callum Wilson. He's most likely to score a goal if you're stacking that team. Even though the point per dollar value isn't as high. It's very similar to like home runs, right? In baseball, this guy's point per dollar value isn't very good. Yeah, but he could hit three home runs. So pairing people together. So in GPPs, typically you're trying to, you're trying to pair teams together because the slates aren't typically that big. We're not talking to occasionally we'll get eight game slates, but a lot of times these slates will be three, four, five games. A lot of times you're pairing two or three teams together. So, for instance, in GPP, I would look down. It's like, okay, Aston Villa seems to have a bunch of value. So maybe I do play Dina. I play Dina with uh, with uh, Watkins, right? Because I'm looking for the, like, the goal and the assist. If I could do something like this, something like Watkins, McGinn. Like McGinn and Dina are probably going to be fairly owned. We'll get You'll get the ownership projections closer to lock. 
Remember, the starting lineups for the teams don't come out until an hour before game time. So this is all based on projected 11s. So typically about five minutes past nine, that they, and they're very good with it. So an hour before 9 a.m., you will get all the lineups for all the teams. It's not like baseball or basketball. Well, they'll do it, whatever. Like, no, it's like on the dot. So you'll know all eight starting 11s because they all start at 10 a.m. Eastern at 9 a.m. Eastern. And it may not be as projected, right? So it, we have the we have the projections made for projected 11s. And then then uh, Sean and, and Alex update that early in the morning, typically within five minutes, and run out the new projections, the new everything. But typically by 9.05, 9.07 Eastern, you're all good to go. So if you wanted to build something like this here, this would, to me, this would be a stack. Defender, midfielder, forward, right? Begin could score a goal. He could get an assist. Watkins obviously has multi-goal upside. Dean crosses the ball a ton. Dean could get an assist, to get an assist to Watkins. So like they're all correlated, right? I can play the goalkeeper also. The goalkeeper would be correlated as well for the win and the clean sheet. But now I'm going to look somewhere else. Now I'm going to go like maybe to Newcastle. Okay, I already took out. Okay, hold on. Let me get this back. Because we're putting together a lineup just to show it as the dummy lineup. Dean and McGinn. And then we can go to like Newcastle. And maybe we play on Newcastle. To fill our other disfender spot, we play Matt Target. And we pair him up with, he'd get an assist to what other, to a forward. Like St. Maximin, Callum Wilson. So maybe we play Callum Wilson also, okay? But now we're not playing Tottenham. Tottenham's the big favorite. We have no Tottenham. This would be like a fade Tottenham type of lineup. Can we fit Sun in? Maybe we could fit Sun in. I don't know. What's our average remaining? 3,600? It's not going to work out very well. So maybe Sun and Kane don't score a goal. Maybe Tottenham wins one nothing, And maybe it's the goal comes from like Rodrigo Bencourt out of the blue. Right, so we're going to play something like that. Like Ben Gore, like a subsidiary Tottenham player. Perisic seems a little too expensive. Like Hoiberg or Ben Gore. So maybe Hoiberg. We plug him in the midfield spot to give us a little Tottenham. So the people that are rostering Kane and Son, they, they, they die because neither of them have a goal or assist. And Hoiberg has the one goal of the game. And then we have a goalkeeper. We pair it with either Newcastle or Aston Villa because we have the defenders there. So maybe we pair the Newcastle goalkeeper, Nick Pope. And then we have 9,000. We have 9,000 left. Who can we play in the, the single spot for, for 9,000? We always go up. James Ward Prowse, Par- I mean, you could play Perisic, right? Or the Wolves Leeds game. No, we don't have anything in that game. So maybe instead of Pope, what's the Aston Villa goalkeeper? How can we can we get up? Let's see. Aston Villa keeper Emiliano Martinez is fifty two hundred. Okay, there we go. Now we have ninety four hundred. Now we can play Kulishevsky, or whatever his name is, right? So we're playing the two tot. We're playing two Tottenham players that are not going to be popular, as popular as Son and Kane. So here we go. This this, this is this would be a GPP lineup. You're stacking Aston Villa with Martinez and goal, Dean at defender. So they're correlated to each other, the win in the clean sheet. Then you have McGinn and Watkins. Upside players. We're not playing center backs 
We're not playing defensive midfielders. And then we're doing the very similar thing on Newcastle. Target to Wilson. And then we have Tottenham, who's expected to score like two plus goals. And we're playing Hoiberg and Kulisevsky because we already have our forward spots filled with Watkins and, and, and Wilson. And a lot of the, our competition is going to have Sun and Kane. So we, we get leverage. So we, we are playing popular players. Like on this slate, Target's going to be popular. Dean's going to be popular. McGinn's going to be popular, right? But it's going to be more, a lot of Sun and Kane and not Kulisevsky and, and Hoiberg. Less likely to score a goal, sure. But that's where you get your leverage. So this would this would be like a this would be a GPP line. Putting these things together, but it's not based on a point per dollar value. Like this projects for eighty one point three two. Right. This is if you were to play even a small field GPP. Like if you were playing the five fifty five or whatever, I think they're running the five fifty five for this. This would be a perfect. This would be an absolutely reasonable small field lineup. 81.32 is the median projection. Okay? Remember, what's the what's the quote optimal? 96.60. If you just went by median projections, 96.60. But remember, the whole point of the whole point of what I'm doing today is showing you how to use the projections that the median projection does not tell the whole story for soccer players. So you'd look at a lineup in any other sport. If I said, okay, in a small field contest, play a lineup that's 15 points lower median projection. You'd be like, you're nuts. Why, why would you be doing that? This projects for 96.6. You made a lineup that projects for 81. You'd, yeah, because this lineup gets to 96. This line, the range of outcomes on this lineup is around 96, like, right? 85 to 105. My lineup at 81, the range of outcomes is like 51 to 135. Like it's just way wider. Because it's like picture home runs and touchdowns, those types of things. Soccer is not like, other than a few, the, the peripheral points don't do not add up to that extent. Yes, peripherally wise, these are the better peripheral point players. But you still don't score that many peripheral points. Bruno may have end up with seven and a half peripheral points. Right? Coutinho may end up with six and a half peripheral points. We're not, not talking about people that are racking up 20, 30 peripheral points. That, that doesn't happen. Goals are worth 12 points. Assists are worth six points. You get you get three goals, three assists in your lineup, you win. That's it. You're done. You won. You get three goals, three assists on a four-game Premier League slate, you, you probably won. Because maybe there's only eight goals scored, and two of them are by substitutes. And you don't ro- you don't roster bench players in, in in EPL. You don't even know if they're going to play, and if they play, they only play ten minutes. It's not it's not substitutes like they can come in and out. Once a guy is is gone, they're gone, like baseball. And also, all the minutes are also projected into our are in our projections as well. So you'll see here, like Leon Bailey, forty nine hundred for Aston Villa. He'll probably start. And it'll look great. It's like, wow, 4,900 for a winger that that does a lot? Yeah, but he's only projected for 9.54 because Leon Bailey rarely plays 90 minutes. Uh, he, t- he, typically does not, he typically does not have the stamina to play. He, he typically comes out, you know, 60, 65 minutes. Sometimes he'll play 70, 75. Sometimes, hey, sometimes he plays 90. But most of the time, if he does start, he doesn't play all 90. Coutinho typically doesn't play all 90. He'll play later into the game. 
But often Coutinho is not playing 90. So obviously his, his opportunities go down. But we have that for you. We put that in the minutes. Like Lucas Dini and John McGinn, they play 90 all the time. Right? So a lot of times fullbacks play 90 all the time anyway. They rotate them from game to game. But just a little, little primer. Just wanted to show you. Get, get more people interested in, in soccer DFS because I think it's a great sweat. You're done, right? You're done in two hours. You're done. You wake up, 9 o'clock in the morning. You check the starting 11s, right? You see the confirmed lineups. You build your lineups. 10 a.m. starts. You turn on whatever, Peacock, <coughs> uh, you know, uh, NBC Sports or whatever. The games are on. They all happen at the same time. It's 45 minutes of straight action. Then it's 15 minutes of halftime. All the games are going to be at halftime at about the same time. And then it's another 45 minutes. And then you have stoppage time. And typically noon, you're done. That's it. It's all over. And a goal could get scored at any time and whatever. So like, like especially for the Champions League slates where we have six to eight games. They'll, they'll have, I think even Peacock has like a, like a goal zone type of thing, or instead of watching one of the four games, you just watch one channel and it'll just skip. Oh, we have action in this game. Oh, we have action in that game. And it'll go around kind of like, kind of like the red zone. They do that for champions. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know who has the champions league rights now, but they do that for that as well. But a great sweat and you're done. You want to make one lineup for a GPP? They, they you know, I think that the, we have a 50 K to first 20 K to first contest. For this Saturday, go go make a lineup. Just wanted to go through this since uh since uh the the, the trade deadline is going to cause all chaos in in baseball today. I didn't even want I don't even want to touch baseball today. So figure give you a little bit of a primer, right? That's not the, that's not like the entire primer, right? The, this is this is oh, this is all I know about soccer DFS. But uh, but you can ask me questions if you want the Blenders Game Theory channel in our Discord. It's part of our premium Discord. You get that also. You, you know how much you get for the combo premium package, right? I do co- I do private coaching in that channel, and I'll answer anything you want there. So go sign up for that. Click on the link in the description. You get all the, the you get all these projections. I don't know anything about soccer. Doesn't matter. You get our projections. There are plenty of people that play soccer DFS in, in our in our Discord. Don't even watch soccer. Don't even pay attention. Just like, oh, something to do on Saturday morning. Okay. Build some lineups, right? Some people just like five minutes, build a lineup or two, throw it in and have some fun. Uh, win, win a bunch of money, right? Especially since a lot of the large field lineups in, in soccer, DFS are not, they're not the greatest. They're not necessarily assembled the best. Or you could play me or you could go into the cash game lobby and play me. I, I got I got head-to-heads up to $215 posted, so. Gonna go against me. I'm more than welcome to take your action on, 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 on cash games, on small field stuff, on double ups, triple ups, three mans, that type of stuff. That's what I focus on more. Uh, but uh, but yeah. So if you have any questions, go there. Give me those thumbs thumps. I know you know if you, if you're not interested in soccer or DFS or whatever, I don't know how much this show did for you, but uh, it's still the same DFS concepts, no matter what the sport is. You just have to take the like. Where are the? It's like sliders. Right, sliders are on 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 a like on a progression like counter. It's like okay, in baseball, correlation matters a little bit more here. How much does leverage matter? How much do these things matter? Ba- basketball is much more linear, right? Much more normally distributive. Like 
Like you just need to know like the nuance of the sport and then playing the DFS version, you know, you, if you're good at baseball at MLB DFS and soccer DFS, you'd be good at hockey DFS, for instance. Or if you're good at NHL, if you're good at hockey, you'll be, if you play uh, NHL, you'd probably be, you could take the skills from NHL and put it into uh, soccer. It's very, very correlative like that. Other than the fact that soccer doesn't have lines. You're not pairing lines together, but you're doing something similar to that. Uh, football too. Football and soccer go together in a, in a little bit of, bit of a way of how things are correlated to each other and how lineup you make line of construction. But I mean, DFS is DFS. The strategies are the same. No matter if you're talking about MMA, you're talking about golf, you're talking about baseball, you're talking about football, you're talking about League of Legends. Just all a matter of scale. Where the where are the sliders? Well, this is more important than that in this sport. And this this means a lot more. Like the fact that there's, you know, once you, you're out of the game, there's no like free substitutes as opposed to basketball where they can come in and out. Like that matters. If you didn't know that, right, it wouldn't matter to you. In basketball, you would play a bench player because a guy can come off the bench and play 34 minutes. A guy can't come off. Well, a guy can come off the bench and play 90, uh, 89 minutes or something in a soccer game. But why wouldn't they have started, right? Unless there's an injury one minute in. That's that, that's not going to happen, right? We already get, oh, okay, it's, trades are going on. Juan Soto is going to the Padres. Okay, so so he's not in the lineup today. So it's Padres. Padres get Soto and Josh Bell. And the Nationals get C.J. Abrams, Robert Hassel III, James Wood, and Jarlin Susana. I'm assuming a lot of prospects. So there we go. We got it. And that's going to be done throughout the day. So if, if, if you got Soto in your lineups, uh, for the, I don't know, are the Nationals even playing tonight? I mean, everyone's playing. I mean, I think everyone's playing in the Nationals, right? So Soto and Bell will not be in the in the Nationals lineup, but they're facing Jacob DeGrub. You're probably not playing them anyway. So we got a whole ton of stuff going on today with the trade deadline. If you want to want our MLB content, go click on our link in the description. Get $10 off your first month of Combo Premium. We'll have Grinders Live later today. Uh, Dean and the guys will be focusing on the 14-game slate tonight. Trade deadline. Stop. People are going to be scratched. I'm going to tell you. It's going to be 7.30. This guy, oh, this guy may be traded. Oh, that guy may be. Oh, or someone's scratched and they're not even traded. Everyone's, oh, then maybe he's right now. Stuff like that's going to happen tonight. So I think I'm going to take off tonight. Take off baseball tonight, especially since it's a big slate. It was like a six-game slate. Okay, I can deal with that. But uh, not going to bother with it tonight. And uh, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow, right? Tomorrow, tomorrow's Grinders Live. So we'll go, we'll go over. We'll uh we'll preview the uh the, the early slate tomorrow and then back on Thursday for the normal pregame show where I uh yeah answer your DFS strategy questions. Get your thummy thumbs, right? Make sure I get your thummy thumbs on your way out the door, and uh, and I'll see you later for another edition of the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. <laughs> 